Seventh season, the Lapped Traffic Podcast has brought you over 300 shows, driver and media interviews, awesome stories and entertainment, and one of the coolest fantasy leagues around. Get ready for another exciting season. Sit back, relax, and try not to get lapped. Now, here is your host, the Professor. All that traffic nation, what an awesome intro coming off WrestleMania weekend. Yes, there's going to be some WrestleMania talk today, a lot of it actually. So, uh, if you tune if you shut off the podcast, I totally understand it, but I hope you don't stick around. Anyways, yes, I am your host, the professor Brandon Crowd. What a jam-packed weekend of racing again, which is awesome. I love when we got all three series on the track. It makes for uh, some some great weekend TV. March Madness is over. Baseball is back. If you have a team that's worth watching, unfortunately, my Detroit Tigers are not worth watching. I digress. Um, Lindsay's going down to opening day which is pretty cool. Used to do that quite a bit with uh, 24 Seconds Bar and Grill. Uh, She'll be going down with Bob and having a great time, which is going to be awesome there. I'm excited for her to uh, be able to get out, have a a day away from from hubby and baby, and uh, get to go hang out downtown and, and... you know, go to the game. So that'll be that'll be good. Excited for her there. Like I said, you know, the Tigers, man, they used to be the team in Metro Detroit. Um, you know, growing up as a kid, it was the it was the Red Wings, right? Like the Red Wings were were the '90s, uh, early 2000s. Then it switched over. The Tigers were the team. Uh, you know, Pistons had their run in uh, what was that? Oh four, and you know, so that's where we've been. Then there was a slump where nobody was worth watching at all and now like the buzz in metro detroit around the detroit lions is just sick and it's you know it's a weird buzz because oh we'll get them this year uh you know maybe we'll make the playoffs this year i mean we haven't had a home playoff game and what well, i mean i couldn't even tell scott mitchell i think was the last time or who was our quarterback the last time that wasn't that could even be wrong so uh it's it's been a minute but there is there is more buzz than usual uh around the detroit lions which I'm obviously buying into the Honolulu blue and all that good stuff. But anyways, uh, this past weekend was was pretty crazy, which, you know, I'll, I'll take that. Friday, uh, if you listened last week, I mentioned I was going to do a ride along with my cousin, who is a uh, police officer here in one of the metro Detroit cities and did that Friday for a couple hours. It was a it was a rough week. Uh, anybody that works, maybe finance uh, or if you're in the mortgage industry like like I am for the the day job, you know what the end of the month is in the mortgage industry, and uh, it, it takes a toll on you, and it was a very busy month end, and so yeah, by the time Friday came along, I was I was beat, but still had to go check this out and do the ride along, which was awesome, uh, you know. Just the the amount of, of crap that police officers take uh, is is crazy, and uh, proud of my cousin, and was uh, it was it was an honor to to, to ride shotgun with her uh, as we cruised up and down Gratiot, uh, got called to some interesting calls uh i don't know legally what i am or am not allowed to say so i'm not going to say too much other than uh 
anything you could think of on a Friday night uh, happened. And it was crazy to see, uh, put things into a unique perspective. What was crazy to me was, you know, you know, I got to, you know, walk up to the houses with them. And I'm just, you know, jeans and a hoodie, you know, strolling along. People are trying to talk and explain to me. And, you know, I'm just here for a good time, guys. <laughs> you know, I had to bite my tongue a couple times because I just wanted to bust out laughing with some of these stories. And, uh, man, you put on a uniform. Uh, my my respects, no doubt about that. So that was Friday night. Um, Saturday, uh, kicked back, watched some racing, and night one of WrestleMania. Sunday, had some family over and uh, watched night two of WrestleMania and, and a lot more on WrestleMania with uh, tonight's guest, uh, which we'll get on here in just a minute. Hope you enjoyed last week's show with Jeremy Clemens. Uh, did not get to do Twitter spaces last week, unfortunately. Just uh, couldn't get the time and days to line up just because I had a busy uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I only had Thursday available last week and, and wasn't able to put anything together with Aaron or Brian there. But hopefully we'll be able to get something back out there this week for you guys, especially because it's a unique race with the Bristol Dirt Race. And we've had some weather issues the last couple of years there. So looking forward to having uh, hopefully Brian because it is his uh, his week on the rotation there, if you will. So, um, OK, that's that's what's going on. That's what's coming up. Well, no, here's what's coming up. From jayski.com, Mr. Dustin Albino will be on. He was at Coda a couple weeks ago, so excited to hear about that trip for him. Talk a little Richmond. And like I said, uh, if D Dustin's been on a, a lot over the uh, last few years, and if you've listened to Dustin on the show, you know him and I are some wrestling nerds. And uh, yeah, so it lined up beautifully with him coming on this week to, to talk some wrestling and WrestleMania, and of course, Richmond and NASCAR and all that good stuff. So, uh, uh, let's not waste any more time. I've babbled for six minutes. Let's get Dustin on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line for his 16th appearance on the show, which is a very ironic and iconic number with the topics that we're going to be talking about today. Welcome back to the show from jayski.com, the legendary Dustin Albino. What's up, brother? How are you? That's a that's a good intro. Iconic and ironic. Sixteen. Tell me what's what's that about? Woo! Ah, and we got some wrestling to talk about. Right over. We got a lot of wrestling to talk about. <laughs> right, right over my head there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what's going on, man? What's new? What's exciting? Yeah, uh, the twenty twenty three season is in full gear. Um, you know, we're seven races in now, and it's flying by as per usual. Uh, we got Bristol this week and I'll be there. Super excited about that. I was telling you off air, I haven't seen the dirt yet um, in person, the dirt race. So that should be a fun one. Um, but yeah, I think we're having a pretty good year of racing overall so far. I, I agree. Uh, across all three series, things are, are definitely picking up. Um, you know, it's it's fun to talk about, you know, I, I'm, I'm notorious for bringing up, whether it's at the end of the season or leading into the season, you know, what's the quote unquote storyline we're going to be talking about. And it's crazy how none of them ever seem to be what we think when we're talking about them at the time. And each series has its own storylines developing from, uh, you know, Zane Smith and Carson Hosevar in the, in the truck series, Austin mm -hmm. Hill, 
with three wins out of you know seven races in Xfinity. Uh, William Byron, you know, leading the charge and wins in the Cup Series. So we got a lot to talk about NASCAR wise, which uh, we're going to save that for the second half of our uh, discussion here. But let's let's create a little teaser so that hopefully we don't lose too many people with our wrestling <laughs> talk. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, before we started. You know, people have their opinions on Bristol Dirt. Uh, what, you know, give us a teaser for your for your own opinion on that that we can circle back to here in a little bit. For Bristol Dirt, um, yeah, I mean, I think the first two years last year was unfortunate because um, because of all the rain that happened. Uh, I, you know, obviously NASCAR went to Easter Sunday last year for the first time, yeah, in a long, long time. Um, and I thought it could have been a. a I thought it was a hit except for obviously the weather and that, now that's something NASCAR obviously can't control. So I think we'll get a fair shot at this time around as long as the weather stays away. Uh, I, I do know that there is some weather potentially on Sunday. Um, so let's, let's <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it never, fa- never fails. Bristol uh, in, in April always seems to be yes, some weather. So absolutely. Um, and, and water and, and dirt don't exactly go together. No, and they no. go together. They go together, just not dirt racing. Yes, so, yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited for the weekend, though. I think, you know, you'll have your dirt guys up front, like your Bell, uh, Larson. But then we've had two dirt non-dirt guys win in Logano and Kyle Busch yeah. um, last year. So, yes. Um, I think it'll be a mix of both. Uh, I love it. That's a great setup. Uh, we will circle back to that here in a little bit. Um, as, I, as I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, if anybody's been around and listening for a minute, uh, you know any time that Dustin's on, we're, we're going to talk some wrestling. So um, <laughs> we are coming off WrestleMania 39. Uh, a lot to unpackage from this weekend, from the matches, things that did happen, things that didn't happen, appearances that either did or didn't happen, and then, oh, you know, by the way, they sold. So, <laughs> I mean, so let's start with WrestleMania. Uh, overall, uh, were you pleased? Were you were you left wanting more? What uh, what's what's your overall two nights WrestleMania? What do you think? Very pleased. I tweeted this out and I said something along the lines of, you know, last year was the funnest WrestleMania in recent memory, and I thought this year was the best WrestleMania in recent memory. Um, and I say that because the match quality was unbeatable like i don't remember wrestlemania that had so many good matches um still a lot of entertainment not maybe the entertainment qualities last year like with your Sami Zayn, johnny knoxville your steve austin coming back um but the match quality was insane uh and i thought sat you know looking in when they announced the card on thursday i thought night one was significantly better than night two and i think that turned out to be the case yep um I saw online, like you see, you see people say, like, "Oh, it looks like Triple H book night one and Vince McMahon book, book night two. Um, which who knows? Who knows? Maybe that was the case. Um, yeah, overall, super successful WrestleMania. I thought. No, I I thought it was fa- fantastic, and I I can only echo the same sentiments that you had in terms of the match quality. Um, was was definitely there. Uh, which is, you know, I, I wonder your take on this, because I, I, I read on a lot of social media that people felt some of the matches didn't get the storyline development leading into WrestleMania, but the matches that they they, 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 they 
they delivered a hundred percent. And, and I was very pleased to see that. I know, uh, you know, I think the, the, the one women's match, um, you know, didn't get a lot of hype. I kind of feel like with Bianca, not Bianca, uh, with, with Ripley, Winning the Rumble and just the whole Judgment Day storyline, you know, that got a lot of storyline build leading up to WrestleMania. Uh, I, I felt like, um, you know, Asuka and Bel Air really didn't get that much of a development. Do you feel you agree? Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like the women's uh, storylines kind of got put to the wayside for the Bloodline storyline, which, I mean, arguably is the greatest storyline in modern day wrestling. Sure. It's so good. Um, but the women are very, very talented. So I feel like, you know, there's a lot to be desired there in terms of telling that story. So it was two great matches, but yep. the story, yep. I'm a story guy. And, uh, you know, match quality is great, like I said, but tell me a story. Right. And I feel like we didn't right. get that really. Yeah, uh, I, want, I want to be bought. I want that. I want that emotional investment into right. as many matches as I can. Um, what, let, let's let's go this route. Uh, what what left a uh, a bad taste in your mouth, if you will, or, or is there a match that didn't deliver for you that you thought was going to? I hate to say this because he's my favorite of all time, but John Cena. Oh my um, god, that was. I'm glad that opened. <laughs> like I'm I'm not because you would think like you want something. It, it, I guess it was good to get it out of the way. Like well, that's, yeah, that's, I'm assuming yeah. that's why you're saying yes, you know yes. you're glad it opened. But I would think you want something. That gets the crowd into it. And Cena gets the crowd into it, of course. Austin Theory is incredible. He's got a long future ahead of him. Um, but that match uh, was just, it, it was underwhelming. And I think a lot of it's obviously because Cena, that too, I mean, it did get a ton of build. It got one night of a good build yep. uh, three weeks yeah. ago. So, um, yeah, that match to me was kind of un- under-delivered. Uh, what, any match surprise you? Surprise me. I knew Ripley and Charlotte was going to be good, but that was maybe the best women's match ever. <laughs> like that right? was hard, a lot of hard hitting, yes. uh, fun action, long match. Um, and you know, what the storyline lacked, the match made up for. Sure, so sure. That one, that one was my favorite. And also the, the two, eight people tag with the men and the women. I thought those oh my were God. pretty good. Those were solid. They're, like, so, you know, so much action. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, I I'm gonna make a a bold statement just to uh, state how much I was surprised, impressed, and so glad I watched the the match from start to finish. Um, the Intercontinental Championship match was one of the most yeah savage matches I've seen. <laughs> I mean the. You don't fake those kind of chops, those hits. Those guys beat the shit out of each other for 25 (laughs) minutes. And it was a great, I mean, it wasn't like a a beat the the shit out of with, you know, weapons and that kind of stuff. I mean, these guys just went to town on each other, which sounds really bad in and of itself. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, that has to rank. You know, I'm going to say, you know, Steamboat and Macho Man WrestleMania 3 in terms of something that we're going to be talking about for a long time. Certainly. And I think I was on here. It was, I think, the week leading up to Darlington last year, which that Saturday was Clash at the Castle, which featured Gunther and Sheamus, two of the three. And then you had McIntyre. And, you know, I last year, Gunther Sheamus, that was my favorite match of the year. Yep. 
And so far, this is my favorite match of 2023. Um, you know, I was actually with my parents. I elected to watch night two with them. And my sister and her fiance were over and they're not huge. My sister used to be, but her fiance never really was a wrestling fan. And I'm like, going into this match, like, this is going to be fun. It's going to be hard hitting yeah. a lot of chops and they delivered. So yes. uh, that was, yeah, so far my favorite match of the year. And then also on, on night one with, with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and the Usos, like that capped off that chapter of the story perfectly. Absolutely. And great segue there. Cause you know, uh, very interesting with where we're at with the bloodline, right? You know, last night on Raw, uh, you know, we saw the Usos try to get into the to, to Roman's locker, yep. and and they were they were shut out by Heyman. Um, I either thought they were all going to drop the belts or they were all going to retain. Uh, you know, so for the Usos to lose, uh, obviously that that was there. That was obviously the the right way to go. A lot of debate in terms of, you know, <laughs> you know, Vince McMahon calling the shots on night two, you know, with Roman retaining, uh, you know, where where do you see the bloodline storyline going over the next, you know, month or so? Well, I mean, it clearly looks like Cody and Brock is now a thing right. um, coming out of Raw, which that's okay because I think you get got to tell the the bloodline story first. You can come back to Cody, I would imagine, maybe like a SummerSlam, which is in your neck of the woods. Yes, can't wait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think it's going to be kind of a, a J. We're going to go back to the Jey Uso and, and Roman storyline, which started off, you know, this whole feud almost three years ago now. Sure. Um, and you know, the whole time, like Jay's getting manipulated and then Jimmy's getting manipulated and Sammy Zayn won't stand for it. So he, he left the bloodline and it's so, so good. Yes. Um, the storyline, there's so many layers to it. Uh, there's like telling three or four stories within At one one time. Yep. yep. And that's something that's unheard of in, you know, in recent memory. Now I'm with you. Um, I want to, uh, go back to the, to the entertainment side of things from WrestleMania, uh, with the Miz and Snoop Dogg both nights, uh, I feel bad for the like the Miz is uh, is is he our our modern day Brooklyn brawler right now? Like they're just you know, and and the thing is the Miz can the Miz is so good that they can do all of this quote unquote jobbing around him for the for the cheap pops of the night if you will, uh, and he can still come out of it if if, if you know. Over the summer, they want to push the Miz for a title and make him, you know, be the Miz that used to hold championship belts and the Intercontinental title as long as he did. He's good enough to where you could buy, you could rebuy into a Miz title run of any any point. And for for them to improvise and for Snoop to improvise when Shane broke his quad, like you know, and <laughs> and make an impromptu match and pin the Miz. Uh, you know, just some great things that, you know, little spots like that we've that we've come to appreciate out of a WrestleMania weekend. That, that was a hell of a like improvisement by by Snoop. Right. Um, like, you know, classic entertainer um, and leave it to a rapper to, to kind of freestyle, you right? know, uh, because obviously not planned um, in terms of the Miz. I'm, I agree with you, kind of. Um, I think it's unfortunate that he's. Not that he's in the position that he's in because you need that and you need the comic comedy and, and whatever, but um, the Miz is so talented and he will do anything for that company. Yes. Um, I feel like he should get a better, I guess I, like a better shot out I, of it all. Like I, he, sh he should be treated better. I agree. <laughs> I agree. 
Um, That's from the outside looking in. He's probably very happy making millions of dollars. He's got his own TV show, so he's doing fine. Absolutely, Um, yes. But in terms of the on air, you know, what we see, I feel like he should be treated better. I agree. Um, Okay, I want to talk about two guys that were missing from WrestleMania who had a pivotal match in at the Royal Rumble uh, weren't scheduled to compete against each other at WrestleMania but when you have a big build at Royal Rumble you expect those guys to be involved in WrestleMania in some capacity and that's uh, LA Knight and Bray Wyatt uh, both missing uh, in action you know Knight I'm surprised uh, he's he, he could be like a modern day Miz to, to some degree he's got yeah. great might work uh, you know He's, he's developing in the ring. You can do a lot of storylines with him because he's got that great heel role. Uh, and, and Bray Wyatt, you know, like he was going to come after either, you know, it was going to be Bobby Lashley. And, you know, we had one night after the last pay-per-view where that started. And then, you know, no mention. And, you know, there were quote-unquote sightings of Bray Wyatt at, uh, <laughs> in Los Angeles. Um there's talk that it's injury there's talk it's uh creative what do you think's going on there yeah so it sounds like you read the dirt sheets right just a little (laughs) okay yeah yeah i can admit to that too um yeah i mean you hear injury here illness like hopefully that's not the case with bray um and he, he came back so hot uh and the the white rabbit and all that stuff that he came back to and yeah you know, they're yeah. teasing you with the QR codes and you had to go and you had to, you know, look for this stuff. Um, and then it just died. <laughs> like yeah. the build, yeah. the build, the Royal Rumble was, was not really good. Nope. Uh, it, it was really LA Knight carrying it and he's done a hell of a job and he's getting hella over. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you heard, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you heard it, you heard it on Friday night at, uh, with the, with the, what is the battle Royal, the Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal. Yep. Um, they wanted him to win. And when they didn't, they voiced their opinion. So another guy, Bobby Lashley, like unfortunate, you know, that he was on this side of it too. And he, he didn't get uh, a shot at WrestleMania. He came out with a trophy, but that's all he did. Right. And and he deserved, he deserved better. Yes. No, I agree. Um, I, I am very curious about your take on this because this is something that I I look forward to as a part of this weekend, uh, and and that's the Hall of Fame. And mm-hmm. you know, last year with the Undertaker, I mean, that's going to go down as one of just the classic Hall of Fames ever, just because growing up as kids. You know, we weren't privy to the backstories of the Undertaker and and those wrestlers, and to just to hear him, you know, behind a mic telling stories and and just giving us an a, an in depth look into how he viewed his career and the character and all of that. I mean, that's why I love this 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 sport, entertainment, whatever you want to call it. Um, I really felt like they phoned the Hall of Fame in this year. It was like, oh shit, we got to put something together, and here it is. Like, I was I was really uh, disappointed with the Hall of Fame. It does seem like they almost forgot about it, right. <laughs> like um, because like you had two two announcements the week of of like Stacey Keebler, and then there was another one where they weren't announced until a week week and a half before. Yeah. Um. You know. With that said, though, I did you watch Hall of Fame? Um, I, I watched bits and pieces. I, I went to, uh, uh, I was curious with Ray Mysterio, how they were going to do that. Uh, and I so watched this was good. Stacey Keebler. Yeah. Yeah. So 
the interesting people really i mean like like all of it was interesting right but it's two and a half hours long it's it, it, it you got to put time into watch there's this weekend i watched so much wrestling dude i know <laughs> like <laughs> it's not just me right like yeah you everybody yep. there's just so much content out there and yes. the hall of fame's kind of i'm glad they do it on friday night after smackdown so you can get out of the way um but yeah i, I agree with you on the hall of fame i thought ray's speech was pretty good uh conan introducing him though and inducting yeah. him incredible yes probably yes. the best induction speech ever um in terms of you know hyping and someone getting introduced to hall of fame and then yep. undertaker last year at the best hall of fame speech um but yeah I, I don't know i thought conan was really good he was the highlight of it really absolutely um and then and then ray was good but yeah i, I agree that i think they do they did phone it in this year I think they phoned it in this year <laughs> yes no no doubt about that um all right well that that's what i had for mania anything else you want to cover or, or talk about from from the weekend or oh we we have to talk about the sale i mean that's that's uh yeah we can talk about the sale um what I, do you think i i was very nervous when all of this started circulating that there was going to be a sale you know obviously there are all kinds of different rumors on who was going to do it my biggest concern was is somebody going to buy it for the library rights or whatever and it's just going to slowly fade away after contract you know i did i just want to make sure that alden who's 13 months old 30 years from now is taking over the podcast and talking to whoever else is at <laughs> jayski.com about wrestling and that was my thing i, I just wanted to make sure that oh, not that i had any control over it but i just wanted it to to be purchased by somebody that was going to treat it like the baby, like Vince McMahon did. And, you know, going with the parent company from UFC, obviously someone, uh, a company that appreciate, appreciates sports, uh, appreciates fighting, appreciates the entertainment side of things. So from that regard, I think we're in good hands. But the thing that still do, that does scare me is, you know, now that it's not the family business anymore, it 100% just comes down to whatever, wherever you can make money. And you yep, lose yep. the, you, you lose the, not, you lose the heart of the business with it not being in the name of the McMahon family anymore. And at some point it's still going to come down to, well, if they want to sell it because they're going to get, you know, 15 billion on their 9 billion, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, that that's what still scares me down the road. Yeah, I mean, Vince cashed out obviously nine point three billion is the reported number, um, and you know, and he's that's for fifty one percent of it. Like the WWE stockholders still have forty nine percent. Vince is, you know, it looks like he's running creative now. I saw a couple of reports come out just recently that yep. you know last night he's the one that was, and it felt like a Vince McMahon booked Raw, it did, uh, which is unfortunate because Triple H was doing a really good job, yes, um, and creative, yeah, and the product had turned and it was hot. It was really hot. But as far as the sale. I, I agree with you on the business aspect. The one thing that is concerning, and I know they have a deal with Peacock. I believe it's through 26. Yeah, yes. But mm -hmm. is the price of pay, pay the premium live events. Yes. I'm thinking they're going to go up. I think so. But, you know, and and one of the, I, I've been a critic of the number of premium events 
you know, so it's like to, to make when the network came out, I mean, that was a no brainer. I, I, I'll remember it to this day. It came out the day after Valentine's Day and I signed up and was mm-hmm. like, you mean to tell me for what I was paying for WrestleMania and SummerSlam alone, I get every pay-per-view plus original content. Right. I'll do that nine times over, right? You know, yeah, that's and a deal with, with Peacock. I've got Xfinity, you know, so it just all works, you know? So if they maybe cut down on the, the programming or if they cut down the price of the, the pay-per-view uh, cost, okay. You know, the, the average fan, uh, you know, and I talk about like this from a NASCAR side of things, which we're going to get into here in a few minutes, um, you know, is the casual fan, gonna go and purchase uh you know money in the bank maybe hell in a cell maybe you know uh wrestlemania revenge or backlash whatever they're calling it maybe you know they're gonna get the the wrestlemanias the summer slams and the rumbles you know so are you gonna miss out on keeping an attraction you may make more money right which i get dollars and cents um you know but i i just i wonder I wonder where the the fall off rate's going to be with that. Me too. Like I I'm an I watch AW Dynamite every week. Uh, maybe not live, but you know on sure. DVR or whatever. I haven't watched Rampage in probably two months because the show to me is terrible. Um, <laughs> just my opinion. I'm with but you. like yeah. I haven't I haven't purchased a single pay per view of that right, and I'm a pretty loyal fan. Yep. Um. So and it, a lot of it's because the price is so high and. Yeah. You know, not that I can't afford that, but I just, that's yeah. ridiculous. And yeah. you, especially compared to like a WWE, you're buying six for the price of one, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it goes up again, I don't think it'll go up. I mean, I would hope not. I know UFC's pay-per-views. I'm not a UFC yeah, follower. Yeah. Um, you know, I know a little bit about it and I've watched some pay-per-views, but I've never purchased one myself. Um, but I know they're, you know, relatively expensive. So yes. I don't think it'll be that much. And like I said, I think the, deal with peacocks through 26 so i think they'll increase it a bit but maybe it's like a, a 990 or 499 uh, subscription to peacock and then like another ten dollars for the pay-per-view if that's the case every month sure that's no that's brain. fine yeah 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 um but yeah it's gonna it is like you said it's gonna come down to money and everything's gonna be about business yep uh i want to wrap with this because this has become a a very big focal point of wrestlemania weekend i'm excited to see what they do with SummerSlam here in detroit uh as a as a one night but a a one of their prime events if you will um you know i went to wrestlemania 23 they they hadn't started this process yet i know you've been to a lot of pay-per-views and stuff uh and that's the weekend experience if you will uh which is something nascar you know really focuses on and, and tries to build and create that reason to come to the event uh you know and the wrestlemania superstore is is off the chain the fan access all all of that sort of stuff and i'm gonna make a weird tie-in here uh you know nascar fans they're they're diehards on their collectibles their sheet metal Mm -hmm. the die cast all that kind of stuff wrestling fans it's if you know, it's the belts and I've got a little collection. I've got five belts myself and oh, wow. I, um, I saw some of the belts that, uh, were debuted, if you will, at the WrestleMania store. And I'm telling you, I keep refreshing the shop page cause there is a, uh, Kurt angle, 
uh, signature series belt that is just badass, man. Like, what's really? uh, you know, what do you have any uh, wrestling memorabilia that? Uh, I know there's a bunch that I sold or got rid of as a kid, like moving out of mom and dad's house kind of stuff that, man, I wish I had some of the action figures still in the boxes, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm trying to think. I, I did collect action figures as a kid. Yeah. Um, I still so like for diecast. I collect diecast still yep. for NASCAR. Um, that's really the only thing I collect. Okay. Um, as far as like, you know, memorabilia and sports, I've, I've started to collect a lot of Syracuse stuff too. Sure. Uh, as I've become a, a season ticket holder for the basketball team, I go to a lot of football games. But as far as as far as wrestling, I I did have a winged eagle belt at one point. Nice, um, which was nice. Yeah. yeah, that's that's one of the most like beautiful titles that they've had. I feel like I agree. I agree. And then the white intercontinental championship, I had two. Okay. Um, and that's in my opinion, it's way nicer the than the one that's currently used. I, yeah, I put a poll out on Twitter over the weekend, like. Uh, and I did like it was four options which belt needs overhauled the most and it was the tag titles United States Intercontinental and I think I threw another one in there but yeah between the the, the Intercontinental and the tag belts I, I want and I want an overhaul give me something the, yeah both of them both of them need work <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> I remember growing up well I mean I wouldn't say growing up but like as a teenager like when I had a job and and you know bought things that I wanted uh I would I would buy they came out with uh and they did them so much better back in the day uh Wrestlemania plaques and I remember mm -hmm. I had from Wrestlemania 12 it was a Shawn Michaels like autographed 8x10 picture with a piece of the mat signed by him it was like one of 500 I had a couple of Triple H's from those um, I had a couple from WrestleMania 23 and then they just started overproducing and, and not doing the autograph with it and, and all of that. And I ended up selling them, uh, way sooner than I should have because, those, yeah. <laughs> which is always the case, but, uh, yeah, the price would have rose a lot yes, over time. Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah. So, um, we'll, we'll get to some, some NASCAR here. But yes, I am very excited to, to to go to SummerSlam. I don't have tickets yet; they haven't gone on sale. Uh, but I I told the wife that I'm buying tickets. We're going. If the Undertaker comes back and does his one man show, I'm dragging her ass to that. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're just coming. And uh, the listeners have probably heard me say this way too much. It's going to be a hell of a weekend because. Uh, Thursday night, we'll be making the drive to Berlin for the SRX series, uh, driving back Friday, WrestleMania Saturday night, and then drive out to MIS for the cup race on Sunday. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the only unfortunate part, yes. or maybe it's a good thing, is that it's Michigan weekend too. Yeah, well, I took Monday off. Uh, it'll be the first time I'm not out there you know, for the whole weekend for MIS, but I mean, these types of events come so far and few between yeah you know you gotta do it i gotta do it so i, I agree with you yes all right nascar <laughs> yeah now if the, oh, people, if the listeners are still with us if they're so oh, we're, they, i've lost <laughs> we've lost a few um all right coda you went to coda first time how uh how was that man i did go to coda austin texas i don't have you been there no 
So barbecue's amazing. There's this place called Terry Black's. Highly recommend. Okay. Um, it's a big joint, and there's a few of them in in Austin that it, it's well renowned. Okay. Um, Coda itself. I went to the top of the tower, 251 feet high. Wow. Incredible view. One of the best views probably in in NASCAR. And you know, I've been in a lot of like Daytona at the top. That's a really cool view. Yeah. Um, but Coda, you can just see everything. They look like little ants. The cars do out on the track. Uh, cause you're so high. Sure. Um, yeah, that was an incredible experience. Uh, pretty cool race weekend. You know, I thought this not having the stage breaks was, uh, welcomed. I, I thought the racing was actually really good. That helped. Uh, That's that could and, save road course racing. I feel like, yeah, it brings in a whole new element or old element of strategy yes. that we used to have. Yes. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for that going forward. And now that we got what six, five more, and then seven more on the Xfinity side, eight mm-hmm. road courses this year. Um, yeah, a lot of road racing this year. So speaking of that, I talked about this last week in terms of a, a saturation point. What's too much? Um, you know, if if we still had the stage breaks at road course racing, I feel like we've probably exceeded the saturation point. Uh, like I said, I feel like this reinvented the the old wheel, if you will, and refreshed the excitement level. Um, you know, do we have too many? Do we have the right amount? Um, I think at the cup level, it's what are there six? six. I think that's a good amount. I think that's um, but perfect. I don't, yeah, I think it's perfect too. It's a six of the schedule. Um, probably shouldn't go more than that. I know we did at twenty one. We had seven. Um, Such an anomaly, but, though, right? They just had to get races in and, you know, true. do what they, they had to do. Yeah, you, you couldn't go to California yet, so Daytona made up for that yeah. um, with, with Auto Club. So, yeah, yeah, I think six is a good amount. I think eight, you know, talking to people in the Xfinity garage, I, that's – a lot of equipment gets torn up on those types of tracks. Sure. So, you know, especially when you have – like they have two in a row on the West Coast – probably going to use the same car at Portland and Sonoma. Yep. Like that could be, that could be a little pricey for teams. The, I tell you what, the I, I'm going to tell you why. And I, I know you're the, you're the Xfinity guy at Jayski. So I want your take on this. The reason why I absolutely love a few more road courses thrown into the Xfinity series side of things is it gives that possibly 13th to 16th place car to play a little bit of a spoiler uh, from a playoff side of things to maybe pull off a Cinderella story like we've seen with Jeremy Clemens in the past, for example, who was on last week. Um, you know, I love that element of a potential surprise and spoiler in a very competitive Xfinity series. I agree with you. Yeah, the Xfinity series, Xfinity series is deep. You know, there's probably 12 to 14 cars that could potentially win. Yeah. Um, but yep. really... Really, you know, this time around, you look at the running order at Coda specifically, you know, a lot of the top guys right at the front. So um, I don't know how that'll, you know, like you said, Jeremy Clements example is perfect because uh, he won that race straight up yeah. Um, yeah. in 2017. So whether that happens again or not this year, I don't know. Uh, probably not. But I do think it's going to be pretty competitive. And then you got, you know, your Hendrick Motorsports fielding cars at, at a few of the road courses. Miguel Paluto with, with Junior Motorsports having a fifth car. So a lot of competition on the road courses. Absolutely, uh, and, and a lot of the a lot of the midfield teams in the Xfinity Series too were, you know, they were worried they were going to miss the show at Coda because there was so many so cars many. there to qualify. Sure, uh, we talked about it from the wrestling side of things in terms of boom bust. You know what's delivered, what hasn't delivered. Uh, seven races in, it's a it's a very it's a good sample size. I think we we've we've hit 
every style of racing across all the series. Um, you know, where, where are you at in terms of what's who team wise, driver wise delivered, hasn't delivered yet for you in 2023? I would say on the cup side, it'd be nice to be in a Hendrick motorsports car right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't matter where they go or where the series goes. You know, you got the 24 and the five dominating, uh, the 48 consistent. Um, and then the nine car, you know, got a runner up finish this past weekend too with Josh Berry. So, and once Chase Elliott gets back, you'd assume that he's going to win pretty, pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, I would say Hendrick Motorsports has been the big, you know, the best team so far this year, as far as like teams that, you know, you'd expect more of out of maybe like, a, I was high on Chase Briscoe coming into the year, um, because he had a really good playoffs yes. kind of flew under the radar, got to the, to the second Second round? Yeah, he got to the second round. Maybe got to the third. I think I he got recall, to the third round. He got to. I the think eight. he did get yeah. to the third round. Yeah, yeah. And so, and he he was just top five and top tening them to death. And then this year, you know, they came out and they only have one top ten so far. So, I'd say right now they're a little disappointment. Same with Bubba Wallace, um, especially with the way they ended last year with the win at Kansas. Had a decent playoffs in the forty-five. Yep. Um, and they just continue to beat themselves. And really, you could say that about. You know, a lot of the Toyotas, like Truex this past week and Denny Hamlin with two speeding penalties. You know, when Chevy clearly has Hendrick Motorsports specifically, and, and you could even throw Trackhouse in there with Ross, when they have a clear advantage this year, you got to capitalize on those moments where you're fast. And Richmond has always been a Toyota track. And yeah. Andrew Carr still won. Very big Toyota track. And, you know, going into this weekend at Bristol, we'll, uh, we'll circle back to the teaser here. It, you know, uh, you've got Ford and Toyota in the Cup Series with a win, and you've got two Toyota winners in the Truck Series. So Chevy, Chevy's still looking for a win on the Bristol dirt. Um, and, and with a guy like Kyle Larson, I know he's going to be very – heavily favored in lap traffic fantasy this week he'll be picked a lot um you know and i'm sure he's the vegas odds on favorite from the uh sports betting side of things i haven't looked at that yet but uh you know chevy looking to make i i would imagine some noise this weekend yeah i looked at lines earlier today uh for my fantasy piece for nascar.com as we record this on tuesday and nothing was out yet um for bet mgm so we'll see they'll, they'll release it probably either tonight or tomorrow morning but Yes, Larson is going to be the favorite. Yes, probably um, <laughs> Christopher, Christopher Bell right behind him, I would imagine. And Yeah, uh, and, you, and you look at and maybe, you know, like a Bowman is, has dirt experience. Uh, Briscoe, you know, almost won last year. Reddick almost won last year. Does Reddick have um, dirt experience? Because I was going to bring up Reddick. Like he a little bit. has been up he's there. He's got a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's got a little bit. He's, he's well-crafted, too. I mean, he can get around any any kind of track. Hashtag that's Coda. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's why Denny Hamlin went after him because Tyler's just a really well-versed race car driver. So um, when you look at Chevy, though, I would say Larson is their best bet this weekend. Yep. However, he I mean, he finished top five last year but wasn't a factor for the win. And then the year before that, I think he would have been a factor for the win, but he got a, caught up in an early race wreck. Yeah. So yep. you, don't, you don't really know what he would have had. But, yeah, I would say him. Kyle Busch, too. I mean, he won last year in Toyota, so don't count him out either. Absolutely. Uh, Dustin, anything, uh, you want to plug coming down the pipe, uh, story wise that you're working on? Sure. Yeah. I got a story on Riley Herbst coming out this week, um, on NASCAR.com. He's, you know, Riley's had a really good start to the year prior to last weekend when he got dumped by Brandon Jones, he had nine straight top tens dating back to last year 
which tied a Stuart Haas record in the Xfinity series. So, you know, he's really, really improved. I feel like as a race car driver and uh, the, the world's really kind of starting to see that. Awesome, man. I love that. Uh, where can everybody follow you and catch up with what you're working on? Yeah. Follow me at Dustin Albino on Twitter. Follow Jayski at Jayski on Twitter. Um, we're, I always say this, but we're a one-stop shop, have all three series covered. So make sure to follow us and uh, hope to be back on here soon. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for those that are still sticking around. Got a few more things to uh, talk about and do as usual on the show. Dustin, man, thanks for coming on. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. And, and if you want to make the trip out for, uh, for SummerSlam, you know, let me know, man. <laughs> I will. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, great to catch up with Dustin. Sorry for the extended wrestling talk there, but uh, I hope we at least made it somewhat interesting for you if you did stick around for it. Um, All right. So, I mean, I think Dustin and I covered as much as we can from a uh, weekend perspective there. No need to drag that out any longer there. And my bad, I did not get a question out to you guys this week and that was partially due just to my uh, hype and excitement over uh, the race ending, uh, trying to get the baby down and uh, get ready for night two of WrestleMania. So my bad. We'll get something out there this weekend to get you guys back into the mix for sure. Uh, right now, time for a little lap traffic social media. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, all that good stuff, all at Lap Traffic PC. If you've made it this far into the show, leave a review. If you've made it this far into the show, give me an idea on how I can get to 7,100 followers because I've been trying to do that for about a month now and can't seem to give away this Lap Traffic prize pack, and I would like to give it away. Uh, so, you know, go tell your friends, go create an account. I don't, I, you know, don't bother me <laughs> as long as I see 7,100 followers there. Uh, we'll, we'll pick somebody and uh, give it away there. So there's that. Uh, some new follower shout outs, horsepower happenings at HPH Podcast, a uh, grassroots racing podcast located in the central part of the great state of Michigan. Uh, let's see. We got Kalia Yuso at KC underscore fan 84. Uh, her tagline says, welcome to the Uso penitentiary. So I'm guessing she's a big wrestling fan and enjoyed this past weekend as well. And uh, Vaughn at Vaughn underscore C24, who was at Richmond this weekend. And you're actually going to hear from him in the Catching Up With Lap Traffic segment here in just a couple of minutes. Don't forget stickers and koozies. I got them for free. All you have to do, fill out the contact page on the website, shoot me a DM, uh, ask whatever. I'll, uh, I'll send one out to you. And I think that about does it. Like I said at the start of the show, I'll uh, have hopefully Brian on Twitter Spaces later this week. So stay tuned to Twitter for details on that. And yeah, let's uh, let's get Vaughn on the line for this week's catching up with Flat Traffic. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, it is time for this week's Catching Up with Lap Traffic. Very excited to keep the stretch going here as we are uh, deep. Well, I don't know about deep, but we are into the 2023 NASCAR season. Joining me on the line, he was at Richmond this past weekend. He's done some uh, track promoting work as well. You can follow him on Twitter at Vaughn underscore C24. It's Vaughn Crittenden. Vaughn, what's up, brother? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show and uh, excited to talk to you here, hear about your story at Richmond. Was this your first time there? Uh, no, it was not. I would probably say this was 
in the ballpark of around maybe my 25th to 30th race there. Nice. Very nice. Okay. So is that, that must be home base that I would imagine. Yep. It okay. is. Richmond was where I saw my first race back in 2002. Excellent. All right. So uh, that, that that's, uh, that's my Michigan. So very good. Very good. Uh, I've actually been out to Richmond. I was there. Uh, shoot. Must've been 2019. Cause it was the, it was right before COVID. So I was out there the 2019 season. Uh, got out there for the first time. It's, great area i mean it's it's a it's it's one of those tracks that's it's communable and there's still some stuff in and around the area to do at least i think yeah it really is it's one of those racetracks that when you say it's near a city it's actually really near a city yeah, yeah. you know you can see this you can see the skyline um if you're on any rooftop really in the richmond area you can look over and see the grandstands and you know, hear the cars on track when you're downtown, you know, it's really close. And that's, you know, a little bit unique when you think of some of the other places that say they're close to a, uh, a big city, but really, you know, they're 15, 20 minutes away. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think that really adds to, you know, the skyline, because like you said, when you think your typical, you know, metropolitan area, you're thinking of maybe seeing a football stadium or a baseball stadium uh, and to see grandstands for, you know, Richmond Raceway. That's that's pretty cool. There's no doubt about that. Um, so, you know, that being your home track, obviously, uh, I'm sure you got a little bias to you. But uh, what other tracks have you been to that you could compare against Richmond? Um, I've been to Daytona. I've been to Talladega. I've been to Martinsville, Pocono. I believe those are all the tracks I've seen a race at. Okay. Um, but been the countless others. I mean, I've seen a football game at Bristol. That's cool, man. <laughs> that's very cool. That's awesome. Um, Pocono, man, that's that's one that uh, I, I definitely am excited to get to and cross that one off the bucket list. It never it wasn't high on the bucket list during my fan days. Uh, but since doing the podcast, Pocono has has creeped up the list in terms of uh, when I need to get there. Yeah, it's one of those things that's interesting. I would almost honestly describe Pocono as the largest short track in the world. Absolutely. Um not for in a, in a racing sense, but in kind of the homegrown, you know, independent style that they have out there. Um, it really has that kind of personal touch and feel to it. Sure, sure. Um, all right. So this past weekend, Richmond, uh, let's let's start with the racing aspect. Um, you know, what, what did you think of the Xfinity and Cup Series? I thought that it was a fantastic weekend from a race perspective. I, you know, everyone was, you know, kind of waiting to see you know, what the, the new packages were going to do at the track there, and especially with the new car, um, especially since the last year wasn't uh, everything that everyone hoped it would be at the short track level. Um, so to see them come back out there with the new package, passing two and three wide, there was a lot more action even that I think, you know, was described on TV or made it on the radio just further back in the pack where a lot of these guys just did not have a handle on, on the track at all and were kind of, all over the place really, but it was just kind of nice to, to see, you know, you had the long green flag runs that Richmond's known for, but at the same time, there was a little bit more contact than normal uh, that really added to it. Absolutely. You know, I, I'd agree with you. I think it was a night and day difference from the Richmond racing that we got last year. I talked about it on the show last week, you know, that we were kind of in a, a wait and see kind of thing, you know, in terms of what we were going to get and pleasantly surprised with what we got. Uh, and I've said that now a couple times this year, you know, we, we got uh, so, some good racing out of Coda. Uh, we got good racing out of uh, Las Vegas, uh, you know, Daytona's Daytona, um, you know, 
I, I think we're set up pretty good here. Obviously, still a few more things to dial in with with the with the setup and the package and all of that. But uh, you know, I think if Richmond can give that type of a race, I think we'll we'll start to see more people back in the grandstands at Richmond, and I think we'll we'll start to see more people watching at Richmond because that was, uh, you know, that was the Richmond we were hoping we were going to get, and 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 we got it. Yeah, we definitely did. I mean, I thought the grandstands looked. You know, incredible from my perspective, and everything just seemed really full. Everyone was really uh, hyped up for it. The weather was great. Yeah, you know, I think Richmond just had a lot going for it. Once the few rain showers got out of the way Saturday, uh, everything just seemed to kind of click. No, absolutely. Um, who's your? You got a driver? Uh, who are you pulling for these days? Ah, uh, it's tough. So I grew up a Jeff Gordon guy, hence the the twenty four on my Twitter handle. There. Sure. Um, but if I had to pick a driver right now, I'd probably say Ross Chastain because I grew up, um, the son of a cantaloupe farmer, worked on a cantaloupe farm my whole life. So I kind of have like that attachment That's with cool. Chastain and him coming up on the watermelon farm. <laughs> that, you know, if, if, if you two could do a smash of each, that would be very cool. That would make for some great Twitter material. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely would. Uh, cause when I've raced at Langley Speedway, I always, kept a cantaloupe with me just in case I wanted to do the same thing. That's great. That's so cool. All right. So you've done racing. Yep. Yep. uh, Been racing, uh, go-karts, uh, since 2004. Awesome. Very cool. Very cool. And from the promotion side, what, uh, is it with Langley? Yep. So I was the promoter for Langley Speedway for, uh, about three years. Okay. And then worked, um, at Richmond Raceway for three years before that. Oh, awesome. Very cool. What are we doing now? Um, now, so, uh, still live in Richmond. Okay. Uh, took, uh, when I was working at Langley Speedway in Hampton, Virginia, I was commuting about an hour and 10 minutes, one way to the track all week long. Sure. Uh, so that just kind of got a, a little, a little tiresome after, you know, doing it for three years. So just, uh, found something closer to home, still help out Langley on the side and, you know, just try to stay as close to sport as I can for where I'm at. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, when we look at uh, the, the racing that we got this weekend, you know, we, we saw Denny Hamlin with, with speeding penalties and rebound. Uh, now, there, there may be some, some questions as to how he rebounded there, uh, but we, we saw tires matter uh, this weekend, which I think that plays a big role in short track racing when, when the tires matter, um, when we can see the passing, like you said, that you mentioned there, uh, you know, fr- from the from the on track perspective, um, you know, in the stands, did it appear that way as as well for you? Yeah, it definitely did. You know, it was kind of one of those things where early in the race, he really didn't know where Denny Hamlin was, uh, which is kind of odd. I remember thinking to myself when he got in that wreck with Yaley, I was like, he was that far back in the field that he got involved in that? His car must be terrible. Right, right. <laughs> um, and then the whole next stage, he gets through the whole field and wins it. So, uh, you know, there were a lot of comers and goers, and it you know, just made for a great race to kind of just see those stories unfold. And they were kind of like the stories where – you didn't need commentary. You could just watch it with your own eyes and just kind of see this car is making its way through the field Absolutely. and beating everyone. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, you know for for the for the casual fan that that goes to the races, um, you know, I I, I couldn't. I couldn't stress the importance of, of getting, you know, either the scanner, the fan vision, uh, something along those lines to be able to keep up with those things. Cause it's, it's, 
you 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 forget how much you rely on those TV commentators to keep you up to date on who's on the lead lap, who had what penalty. Like, I can't tell you how I enjoy, obviously I'll dial into my favorite driver, but even just listening to race control at a race, cause it's something that you don't do. And, and it just, it adds to it. So I, you know, anyone going to the race, make sure you got a scanner, rent one. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's well worth it. It will enhance your, your racing experience for sure. Um, what other races you get into this year? Um, so that was my first uh, NASCAR race this year. Um, planning to to get to a few more. Really, we'll be going to a lot of you know local short tracks and different things around the area here near Richmond. Awesome. Um, I'll definitely get back to Richmond in the summer. I'm gonna try and get to Martinsville in the fall, and because that's you know always just absolutely insane race. And I don't know, maybe I'll try to squeak another one in there. Very cool. Awesome, man. Well, maybe we can get you back on after the uh, uh, summer race out there at Richmond. Uh, where can everybody follow you on social media? Yeah. Um, so really, uh, you got at Vaughn underscore C24 on Twitter. Um, and I'm trying to think what my other ones are. Usually they're at Vaughn VT24 um, on just about anything else. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, listen, thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Glad you had a great weekend. Weather was perfect, like you said. And uh, we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, man. Take care. We'll see ya. All right. Lap Traffic Nation. Time to close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. It's a rarity. Xfinity is off, so it is the Truck Series and the Cup Series this weekend at Bristol. Keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag LTFantasy. Unfortunately, uh, was not able to get in contact with any of the uh, top highs from this past week at Richmond. So it's just me today. That said, uh, my picks of Hamlin. John Hunter Nemechek, time adjust. He got me 106. Uh, not bad. Problem was, uh, not enough. I actually fell a little bit in the standings there. And get to that here in just a second. But what I do want to remind everybody and thank everybody uh, is there are, I would say, 95% of the league is still submitting picks, which I appreciate that. Uh, that's the whole point is to keep as much participation as possible. And, you know, normally years past, there's been some fall off, you know, once people, quote unquote, feel like they're out of it, which is kind of why I bring up each week, you know, the gap isn't that bad from 10th to 30th is only separated by 45 points, uh, you know, and that's as simple as any week of if someone wrecks out and you score an extra 45 points, boom, you know, 30th to 10th. There you go. If your other two picks are the, you know, even match up. So keep the picks coming. We are halfway through segment one, which is crazy to think about that. And uh, yeah, we I've got some work to do. I know a lot of you have some work to do. Uh, currently, though, in first place, there's been some movement up and down. No one's uh, kind of dominated like we had last year with Kristen Hoglin, who uh, once she got into first place, didn't leave first place, it felt like. So still some movement going on, which is awesome. Uh, there's only a eight point difference between first and second place. Henry Fletcher's in first with 707 matt dombrowski is in second with 699 john at is in third with 693 uh andrew Yu, who was on last week is up to fourth with 689 benton wilson in fifth with 675 eldon is in sixth with 668 mark luddington in seventh 661 chad harrington eighth 658 
uh, GR Davison in ninth, 656. And Kyle Garrett wraps out the top 10 with 633. And like I said, I am uh, I am one of those guys looking at the, the, the separation there from 10th to 30th because I am in 36th spot. So like I said, I got some work to do. Uh, Andrew Yu still in first place with seven bonus points there. Matt Dombrowski in second with fifth. And then Benton, GR, Henry, Joe, Kyle, Mark, Matt, and Rob all at four. And like I said, most of the league has at least one bonus point at this point, which is, which is awesome. So keep picking those winners. Uh, speak, however, though, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Matt Kendrick, who had 140 points this past week, was this week's uh, high point and bonus point winner did not pick a winner in the races. Any three of them did not have one winner, but still earned enough points to earn the weak high bonus points. So uh, there you have that. All kinds of ways to earn some bonus points. Here. So there's that. All right. Uh, what do you say? I make some picks. We are going dirt racing, which uh, Ford and Toyota uh, have each gotten a win in the Cup Series. Toyota's two wins in the Truck Series. So Chevy, the lone dog, without uh, a trip to victory lane. Will they get some love in the dirt this weekend? They've come close. couple top fives in both series. Uh, will we finally get some dry weather for uh, Easter weekend in the dirt at the last great Coliseum? Tune in to Twitter Spaces sometime later this week. Be on the lookout on Twitter for, for some details on that to find out what the weather is going to be like. Will Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin keep making enemies in the dirt? anybody play nice in the sand we'll find out this weekend but first it's time for my picks in the truck series i've got to play it safe uh i've got one ben rhodes pick left and i am gonna go with ben rhodes because i can't lose ground i need i need the safe pick so i'm gonna go with the 99 ben rhodes and over to the cup series i am going to go with uh someone who came very close last year to winning already has a win this year and that is the 45 of Tyler Reddick. So there you go. There are my picks. There you have it for this week's Lapped Traffic Fantasy. And there you have this week's episode 308. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Make sure you check out the website, thelapptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. Still got the contest going on. I, I need about 90 more followers, and I've got an awesome Lap Traffic NBC prize pack to give away so keep the wee tweets up all that good stuff huge thank you to Dustin Albino and to Vaughn for calling into this week's show uh, I think I've got something very special lined up next week just waiting on confirmation so stay tuned to social media for that don't get caught chasing the lucky dog tune in each and every week to the Lap Traffic Podcast see ya